I'm Kelsey. I'm Cassie. And I'm Nolan from SCP Weekly. We bring you news from on-site and off-site. And we share your love for the creative community that surrounds the SCP Wiki. Join us on Tuesdays for new episodes, wherever you listen to podcasts, or on YouTube at SCP Weekly. The file you are about to hear has been thoroughly scrutinized by the Ethics Committee and approved by the O5 Council for release to trusted associates of the Foundation. This is SCP Unredacted. Mammon Istjer Anseal, the Constrainer, Vice Corporate Archdemon of the House of the Fly, sat by his penthouse pool and sipped hot blood wine out of a solid gold skull. The artificial sun above the fourth circle of hell shined at just the perfect intensity, just bright enough to make the recently deceased and lesser demons uncomfortable, and warm enough to make the exoskeleton feel nice and toasty. Another beautiful day in a tropical paradise, at the expense of all the larvae below. Anseal loved his job. He loved his home. He loved the gold and marble statues of wealth and mammon that dotted Greed's landscape. He loved the warm beaches, purple skies, teal palm trees, and blue sparkling ocean that surrounded him. And he loved the golden shining city he helped build. Anseal stretched his mandibles and wings out. Christmas was not a holiday most demons celebrated or even felt comfortable thinking about, but Anseal was different. He saw bigger. He understood more than most what the holiday truly meant, what its true spirit really was. Christmas was a sweatshop owner grinding human souls into luxury goods, a CEO getting a fat year-end bonus after laying off half his employees. A father spending money meant for his children's presence on a horse race for himself. Christmas was a price tag, a commodity, a desire. Christmas was greed. Christmas was a business, and for Anseal, business was always good. Or the very least, business would keep him from feeling too lonely this time of year. Anseal gave a wistful sigh and poured himself another drink when he felt his phone buzz. Good evening. Hope you are doing well. Would you mind if we visit briefly? I am organizing a get-together that you might wish to take part in. You and Adrian, or Astia, or both. Either way, you can help me finish off this fresh bottle of blood wine. It's fresh. Adrian and I. Do not tempt them too much, all right? Wouldn't dream of it, dear. Two skulls, tops. When can I expect you? Nowish? So long as you two don't mind meeting me by the pool. Trying to get the last bit of sun before we shut it off for the holidays. We will bring our swimsuits. Anseal set his phone down, gave a big stretch and clapped two more gold skull cups into existence. His pool top was expensive, both in terms of cost and scale. It was made out of solid purple-white marble, gold, and rimmed with exotic tropical flora. It would be nice to enjoy it with company for once. After filling both of the extra skulls, 
He brought up his chair to the sitting position and settled back down. It wouldn't be long. And he was right. Primrose appeared in a burst of flames, the sparks dispersing much like petals in the tropical breeze. Dressed in her swimsuit, she smiled. Anseal! Prim, wonderful to see you again, my dear. Anseal raised his glass. Then he looked around. Where's Adrian? She gave a polite bow. The feeling is mutual, and they are falling. Oh? Primrose simply pointed upwards, above the pool. Adrian's distant, adrenaline-induced screams became audible as they cannonballed into the pool, creating an impressive splash that left a small, beautiful rainbow hovering above. Adrian rose from the water. It took a moment for Ansel to see that Adrian had changed their form. In contrast to their usual puppy imp self, they were now back to the height and proportions they had when they were alive, looking lithe and lean in their lycra swimming trunks. Adrian swam to the edge of the pool and looked up at Anseal and Primrose in a slight daze. That was fucking awesome. How high were you? Prim tilted her head. I'm sober at the moment, but I pretty much fell from about the same height of that sun, they replied, blowing water out of their nose. Nice height. I'd be lying if I said I hadn't done that myself every now and again. He handed Adrian a gold skull cup filled with blood wine. Here, for hell's best paralegal and my favorite four foot eleven short king. And here, Anseal handed the last cup over to Primrose, who had now taken up residence on the sun lounger next to him. For hell's best whore and true heiress to the throne of violence. Oh, you flatter us too much, Anseal. Primrose brought the rim of the skull up to her nose to give the wine a quick sniff. The blood wine's aroma was sweet and honey-like, with just a hint of lavender to it. She took a small sip and let out a small hum of pleasure as she felt it go down, smooth and opulent and absolutely dripping in sin. Good lord, you were not joking about this wine. Primrose took a deeper, second sip and meditated on its taste a bit more. This is from a demon. I can taste the soul stuff. Fresh. Male, likely. 400 years old at the time of harvest. Do you know who this was? A Mr. Durkath, Ansel replied. We caught him embezzling from our maintenance accounts, so we had his non-vital assets liquidated, in more ways than one, of course. He chuckled and swirled the wine in his gold skull gently. You know how the mammons are. Flay him and send him back to the bottom of the totem pole when you've had your fun. He's back to being a little grub on the production line now. Adrian finished guzzling down their skull of wine in a single gulp. Oh yeah, you can taste the distilled bastard in this one. You got any more? But of course. Anseal clapped his hands and summoned a pyramid of golden skulls by the edge of the pool, all filled to the brim with fresh blood wine. Enjoy yourself, Adrian dear. It's Christmas after all. Oh, fuck yes. Adrian wasted no time pulling themselves up from the pool and pounding skulls of blood wine down their throat. Speaking of Christmas, Primrose chimed. As I said prior, 
I am organizing a small get-together that you would be very interested in joining. Oh, would I now? Ansel said, intrigued. Oh yeah, you would, said Adrian by the poolside, three skulls deep into the wine pyramid. We scored you a date, buddy. Ansel cocked a skeptical eyebrow and lowered his sunglasses. A date? Really? That's definitely not what I was expecting. Ansel ran his middle finger around the rim of his skull cup. All right, you had my curiosity before, but now you have my interest. Who is it? Primrose paused for a moment as she tapped a finger against her lips. She smiled as she anticipated Ansel's reaction. Just a colleague of mine. From the SCP Foundation. Well, that doesn't make any sense. Who exactly would... Ansel stopped mid-sentence, his mandibles hanging open, and his eyes opened wide. No, you didn't. Did you? Yes, I did. We would like to formally invite you to our now triple date on the 23rd of December. Myself and Astia, Adrian and Morningstar, and yourself and Sheldon Katz. No way, Ansel shouted. His voice was a mix of anxiety and excitement, fear and desire. Ansel couldn't believe it. He couldn't stop his insectoid wings from buzzing, nor his hands from trembling, spilling expensive blood wine onto the marble below. Oh yes, way, slurred Adrian, now six skulls deep and feeling slightly tipsy. Me and Prim are playing matchmaker, and we're getting our two favorite terminal workaholics together. Quite, Primrose nodded. Now, of course, a busy demon like yourself may not be free for the holidays, so I understand if you were to decline. No, Ansel roared. It took a second for him to realize just how loudly he had shouted. A deep pink blush spread across his face as he covered his mouth with his fingers. I... I mean, no. I can make time for this. I can cancel some appointments and move some timetables around. It shouldn't be a problem. Excellent, Primrose smiled, clapping her hands together. We have an appointment booked at the Pit of Gehenna. We will be bringing Sheldon along with us, and you can meet us there. Bringing him into hell? Are you sure that's a wise idea? Between the five of us, I highly doubt anyone would want to risk doing something foolish. Sheldon would be surrounded by five of the most formidable beings in hell itself. Besides, he would not be the first mortal in hell. Everyone would think he was just a warlock or something. That is not too far from the truth, actually. Ansel was quiet for a moment. He swirled the red liquid still left in the gold skull in his hand. Well, if you're sure then, I'll play the Virgil to his Dante. He went in for one last sip. You know, began Adrian, as they sat upon a makeshift throne of now empty gold skulls. Sheldon thought you were a succubus this whole time. Ansel choked and nearly dropped his skull. He doubled over and coughed out the remainder of his blood wine onto a nearby towel. Adrian, Primrose admonished. Aw, oh, come on, Prim, I couldn't help it, Adrian said, laughing atop their skull throne. Ansel's coughing finally died down as he slowly regained his composure. 
a succubus. Really? Did Sheldon Katz truly think a high-ranking member of the Mammon dynasty would be a mere submissive? It was a bold move. A real power play, if anything. If it were anyone else, Ansiel would have seen that as a professional challenge to his position, and he would react accordingly. Yet, instead of anger, he felt his face turn a deep red as he thought about what Sheldon had said. A succubus. Just why did hearing that make Ansiel's blackened angelic heart beat so hard in his chest? Why did the thought of Sheldon looking at him as a submissive make him feel so... So... Ansiel couldn't even think. Couldn't even place the emotion. No one had ever made him feel this way before. So... Nervous. So... Excited. Alright. Ansiel cleared his throat and tried his best to move on and not acknowledge what Adrian had just said. This all sounds well and good, but what's the catch here? The catch, dear Ansel, began Primrose, is that this will be a social occasion, which means I want you to turn off business mode and have a little fun for once. Well, I suppose I could do that, pondered Ansel. Wonderful. After all, I can't miss this opportunity to recruit Mr. Katz into Mammon Industries. Primrose was silent for a moment. Ansel. Yes, yes, I know, social occasion. Ansel rolled his eyes. I'm not going to subject him to another days-long legal battle, Primrose. I'll bring it up to him as something to consider and leave it there. I'm not going to let Mr. Katz waste his time with the minor leagues in the living worlds without letting him know what his true potential is. I have too much professional admiration for him to let that happen. Look, Ansel, this... Primrose paused and blinked. I'm sorry, but... Professional admiration? Of course, Ansel said and crossed his legs. I... Admire Mr. Katz and his skills as a lawyer quite a bit, as you know. And a mortal, too. I mean, lords, I was shaking just now thinking about it. Primrose could only stare at him, completely silent and utterly dumbfounded, her jaw slightly agape and her eyes blinking. Wait, are you telling me that what you are feeling for Sheldon Katz is just professional admiration? Well, I mean, Ansel broke eye contact with Prim and looked to the side. It obviously is. What else could it be? Adrian let out a large snort that led to a full-blown belly laugh. Prim, holy shit, that's so fucking funny. I think I'm gonna... Ah! They leaned back too far, too tipsy to remember just how precarious their golden throne truly was, and fell back into the pool, the skulls falling with them. Primrose sighed and stood up. All right, Ansel. Professional admiration it is, then. Come along. Ansel stood up and stretched, excitement and fear filling his limbs. Where are we going? Your wardrobe, dear. To pick an outfit for our little dinner date. Primrose walked toward the interior of the penthouse. Alrighty, then. 
Ansiel clapped and demanifested the skulls they were all using. He could hear Adrian climbing out of the pool, coughing out some water and following right behind them. Do you two think he'd like my current form? I know the fly-slash-insect look can be unsettling to some mortals. Oh, I wouldn't worry about it, replied Adrian. He'll like you the way you are. Thank you for listening. If you like what you hear, join my Discord community, hire me on Fiverr, or help support me by becoming a patron for as little as $3 a month. Regardless of tier, all patrons get early access to every single episode. The links are in the description. I don't have the talent it takes to write a skip. All I do is read. Original authors make this podcast possible. So, credit to the original author. Their link's in the description. Show them some love as well. Consider becoming a member of the SCP Wiki. Upvote their work and maybe write a skip of your own. Maybe I'll read it here someday. You never know if you never try. The content of this podcast and content relating to the SCP Foundation, including the SCP Foundation logo, is licensed under Creative Commons ShareLight 3.0, and all concepts originate from scpwiki.com and its authors. This recording, being derived from this content, is hereby also released under Creative Commons ShareLight 3.0. I'm Gregory Carpin from Simply Creative People, the podcast where we discuss GOIs, canons, and stories from the SCP Wiki. And we try to recommend things for all fans of the Wiki, new and old. Look for us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Apple Podcasts. Visit the show page at anchor.fm slash simply-creative-people. Or follow us on Twitter at S-I-M-C-R-E-A-T. Hey there, this is DJ Skip, host of Foundation After Midnight Radio, coming to you from the only third shift broadcast for personnel, by personnel. Be sure to tune in wherever you listen to podcasts to not miss out on containment news and community announcements from within the Foundation.